everything you do. Compete on the practice field, compete in the weight room, compete in the classroom, compete in everything. You need to win the drill, win explosive, move forward. So I hope we're Compete clear. in every single aspect of your life. Here's what's great about college football this year. Welcome into the Unrivaled Podcast, the official podcast of Penn State football. Penn State picks up their first victory of the season as they knock off Idaho in convincing fashion, 79 to 7, which those 79 points versus Idaho mark the most for the Nittany Lions since 1991 when they scored 81 points in an 81 to nothing victory over Cincinnati on their home opener. Also, those 79 points are the second most since 1921 and are tied for the sixth most in program history. Without further ado, we're going to welcome in our newest guest, number 17, Garrett Taylor. Garrett, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How much fun was game one? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, just getting back out there in Beaver Stadium, you know, in front of you know 100 plus thousand fans. Um, and, and, you know, finally getting to go against someone else. Uh, you know, we hit each other you know, a ton during camp and, you know, it gets a little bit tiresome. But, you know, we found we finally got to go out there against someone else. And um, I feel like we gave the fans a, a pretty good show. Do you ever have those emotions when you run out of the tunnel for the first time? You only get to do it so many more times in your career here at Penn State. But is there still a, a certain amount of chills that kind of run through your body on the uh, home opener? Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of hard to contain that, you know. Um, it's a special environment and, you know, especially walking out as a captain, um, was kind of a new experience for me, obviously. Um, so I definitely got the chills, you know, just cause we walked out before, uh, the team did and, you know, walking on the sideline and, and getting ready to go out for the coin toss was, you know, pretty surreal. Um, but yeah, there's, there's nothing like, you know, turning that corner out of the locker room and, you know, seeing, you know, Beaver stadium open up, um, you know, it, it doesn't get old. That's for sure. We'll jump back to that game in a second, but when you found out you were going to be a captain, what did that moment mean to you? Um, it meant the world to me, you know, especially, you know, being held in that high regard uh, with my teammates, uh, coaching staff, you know, support staff, you know, everyone in this building, you know, obviously thought, you know, of enough of me, um, you know, to put me in that position to, you know, be able to lead this team. Um, so I, I was extremely honored. You know, it's a longstanding tradition, you know, at Penn State of, of being a captain and, and being able to lead, you know, this program um, into a successful season. So it meant a lot to me, you know, a lot of hard work, you know, a lot of dedication went into, you know, shaping myself and molding myself, um, you know, to who I am today. And the fact that people, you know, thought that, you know, that's what a captain should be, um, you know, meant a lot to me. So I took that to heart and, and it meant a lot, and I really appreciated it. Was that one of your personal goals when you came into Penn State? And obviously you look at the captains that came before you and the ones that are going to come after you, but was that something that you can check off your list in a certain right? I would say in a certain way. I wouldn't say I came in being saying to myself that I want to be a captain. Um, you know, I think I just wanted to come in and, you know, work hard and, you know, kind of earn my way on the field, which happened. And, um, you know, I – I would be lying if I didn't say I, I saw that opportunity coming, you know, during the off season, you know, especially coaches um, telling me I, I needed to, you know, step into a new leadership role. Um, that's something I try to embrace, just starting to become more vocal 
Um, but, you know, when it did happen, I think it was an accomplishment that I was very proud of. Um, but I, I don't think I would say that was like a goal of mine is to be captain. But uh, when it did happen, I, w- I was very happy it did. You guys put up 79 points this past Saturday and limit them to seven under 150 yards of total offense for Idaho. Now, I know everybody looks at that 79 in the offensive side of things and says, wow, what's going up there? What's going on up there in Happy Valley? But to also limit a team to seven points, what stuck out to you about that game? Uh, you know, starting on the defensive side, I think, first of all, we just played, you know, great team defense. Um, you know, we really minimize, you know, our mental errors. Um, you know, we were all locked in with the calls and, you know, everyone was out there executing. Uh, and I feel like we tackled well, too. That's, you know, a big thing with first games, you know, especially you don't get as much live work now as we used to in camp. So, you know, coming out, you know, tackling well, everyone is running to the ball. Um, you know, I think that was, you know, huge for us. And, you know, obviously we have a, a very talented defense, you know, a front seven that's scary with guys like Etor, um, Micah, you know, I could, you know, name everyone. And then, you know, our back four, you know, we have a lot of length and a lot of speed. And I think all the pieces, you know, kind of came together yesterday. And I think, you know, everyone got to see, you know, a glimpse of what our defense, you know, can be for this season. So it was exciting just to get out there and kind of put it all together. How about on the offensive side of things? One of the, uh, obviously, the storyline is that five different back score for you guys. You put up over 600 yards of total offense. And I know you don't necessarily get to see everything that's going on on the field because you're doing your thing defensively to get ready for the next possession that you're going to have to go out there. But when you have an offensive explosion day like that, is there something that you look at and say, wow? Um. Yeah, that was crazy. Uh, I mean, honestly, fun to watch. Like you said, you know, we're pretty locked in on the sideline, but, you know, you get a chance here or there, you know, try to glimpse up at the uh, at the scoreboard or at the big jumbotron, and it felt like every time I looked up, someone was running into the end zone. <laughs> so that was cool. You know, like, like you said, you know, five different backs mm-hmm. scored, and, you know, we have a super talented backfield, um, you know, with guys like Ricky and Journey, and, you know, our young guys, uh, Noah Kane ran well. Obviously, Devin Ford had that super long run. And then, you know, a guy who I think everyone was excited about when he scored was Nick Yuri. And it's going to be Yuri again. Bounces to his right to the five. Keeps the legs driving. Now to his left. Inside to the goal line. Touchdown, Penn State. What a fabulous run by Nick Yuri. His first <laughs> career Penn State touchdown. You know, I go against him every day in practice. He's a, a scout team guy for us. But, you know, he works his he works his butt off and, you know, he knows his role on the team, and he embraces it and, you know, gives us a good look, you know, every day on scout team. So, you know, everyone on the team couldn't be more happy for him just to, you know, see all of his hard work pay off and kind of culminate in that moment where he got into the end zone on a, on a gritty run. Um, so that was cool to see, and, um, you know, I'm just happy for the guy. Once again, Penn State collects their first victory of the season as they knock off Idaho 79-7, to and they will now shift their attention towards Buffalo, which will be a 7.30 p.m. kick inside Beaver Stadium or on Fox, and as always, the Penn State Sports Network, as you can hear Steve Jones on the play-by-play call there. But let's jump off the football field for a little while here, Garrett, and tell me about Richmond, Virginia, where you grew up. Yeah, Richmond, Virginia, uh, born and raised um, you know, all I really knew growing up, you know, my dad is was born and raised in Richmond as well. Um, so that, that place is pretty special to me. Um, you know, I went to an all boys private school from when I was in first grade till I graduated high school. 
uh, which was a little different, but, um, you know, my graduating class was about like 80 something guys. Uh, it was small, but we were close, you know, and some of those guys I'd been with since first grade. Um, so, you know, I've been going to school with them for, you know, 12 years. Um, so it built some pretty cool friendships that, you know, I still have today. And that's something I really appreciated. Um, and then just, you know, Richmond for me, obviously where, you know, my sports career started, um, you know, I played all sorts of sports growing up. I played uh, lacrosse. I wrestled for a little bit. Um, I did baseball, basketball, you know, obviously football. But, you know, I think my, my first sport I kind of fell in love with was baseball because, mm-hmm. you know, that's what my dad, you know, loved to play when he was growing up. And, you know, I just remember, you know, dragging my dad to, like, this little league field that was, <laughs> you know, close to our house and – you know, making him take, you know, BP with me in the cage and until it was dark out and he could he could barely see. So he used to have to, you know, drag me off the field. But, um, you know, me and my dad did a lot just, you know, together in terms of, you know, growing up in sports. You know, he would take me to all my tournaments, um, be at all my games. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. And uh, my sister actually was a really good basketball player. Uh, so me and her went at it uh, a lot in basketball and our our one-on-one games used to be like pretty competitive and then I got like bigger than her so then it wasn't very fair no then it wasn't (laughs) fair and I would always win and she used to get like mad at me she'd be like you gotta let me score like you gotta let me score I'd be like why would I do that but it, it ended up helping her out a lot like she ended up being like a thousand point scorer and her high school career and then went on to play like D2 ball for a little bit. So got a pretty athletic family. It sounds like your relationship with your parents means a ton to you, but how would you say the culmination of taking BP till it's dark out, the countless reps out in the practice field with your mom or dad, how do you think all that stuff has shaped your relationship with them into what it is today? You know, obviously I have a great relationship with, you know, both of my parents, my mom and my dad, you know, sacrificed a lot for me, um, you know, growing up for me and my sister and my brother. Um, But, you know, my dad and I are super close just through sports. Um, And he's always shown me, you know, unconditional love. And and that's something, you know, as I've gotten older, I've come to, you know, really appreciate. Um, He's always made time for me. you know, like I said, he's taking me to tournaments, and that's AU basketball tournaments, three, four hours away. You know, waking up at five, six o'clock in the morning, getting the car ready. Um, you know, spending weekends in hotels when I'm sure he had you know work and stuff to worry about. But you know, my me and my dad are really close, and for anyone who's met my dad, um, he's like super wise. And it's something like sometimes I think I take for granted because he'll talk my ear off <laughs> a lot, like. He, he he goes on and on and, and in terms of just like giving me, you know, words of wisdom and like we got him an iPhone like recently. So now he'll just like text me like paragraphs of stuff. But it's it's really cool just to know that he's always thinking about me and, you know, those words of encouragement, you know, really help sometimes, you, you know, because, you know, being up here away from your family is hard. Um, so, you know, just staying in contact with my dad, you know, has helped me through a lot, you know, especially, you know, when I was young and I was a freshman up here, you know, trying to find my footing. Um, you know, I would, I would call my dad and and we would talk for, you know, a couple hours if it, if that's what it took. But, you know, at the end of the day, when I hung up the phone and, you know, he had had me feeling a lot better 
know, about everything that was going on. And, you know, that kind of just helped me, you know, push through a lot of stuff and helped me end up, you know, where I am today. What are some of those conversations like today still now that you're one of the vets on this team and obviously you're going to shift your attention towards a, a future career at the uh, hopefully the NFL level and beyond after this season. But what are some of those conversations like today when you did talk to him after the first game of the season or during fall camp or whatever it is? Um, it's it's really cool. You know, the, f- the first thing I can tell is I can tell he's extremely proud of me. You know, and that's something, you know, that means a lot to me, just, you know, to be able to make my dad proud um, is, you know, something I've always, you know, shot for. And uh, just to see that, you know, that pride he has in me and, and how far I've come is, you know, something that's really special. Um, and, you know, something we always focus on is just, you know, continuous improvement, I think is, you know, a big thing. Uh, we always talk about just, you know, what can I do? you know, to make sure, you know, that I'm learning from, you know, good games, or even if I have, you know, not so good of a game, you know, you know, what are things I can do to, you know, always be improving. And something we talk about a lot, you know, you said, you know, hopefully, you know, after the end of the season with my, you know, shot at the NFL, but um, we, we try to focus on the process a lot. Um, not so much as, you know, focusing on the end goal, but, you know, taking care of, you know, the present moment and just, you know, doing that week after week. Um, and then eventually, you know, the end product will, you know, take care of itself. And that's, you know, something I've taken to heart. And I think that's some, that's how I approach a lot of things now is, you know, not so much trying to worry about, you know, the end goal, but uh, the process along the way. And, and then just, you know, letting the result take care of itself. People often talk about the stress of football, college athletics in general. And some people just see you guys as, players with a jersey and a helmet on with a number they don't necessarily know who you are outside of football which is part of the goal of this whole podcast but when you talk about stress and dealing with stress obviously it sounds like mom and dad are an avenue to kind of be able to release some of that tension and get Mm -hmm. their input um, as is most of you guys but how else do you deal with the stress of day-to-day repetition within the sport (sighs) yeah I mean like you said just being in this environment and you know, there's a lot of pressure, um, you know, a lot of high expectations that you put on yourself, um, a lot of high expectations that, you know, we have as a team for this program and, and where we want to take it. Um, so if, if you're not careful, you know, it can get a little bit overwhelming. Um, and, you know, what I try to do just to, you know, handle that is, you know, when, I, when I'm in Lash and, you know, when I'm doing, you know, extra film study on my own, you know, I'm locked into football. But, you know, the second I get a chance to kind of, you know, get away from that, um, you know, I, I really take advantage of that. You know, I'll, I'll spend time in my room, you know, I like to read, you know, growing up, I read a lot of books, like I read all the Harry Potter books. Um, I, I had a, a book, a bookshelf, you know, full of books that I read. Just it, it's, you know, reading is something that, you know, kind of allows me to, you know, shut off, you know, the outside world, you know, for however long I'm reading and, you know, kind of, you know, immerse myself, you know, into what I'm reading and, and it's a good escape for me. It's, it's really peaceful. Um, it's really engaging, I think, um, you know, we read a book. And it's kind of funny because it's tied in, not tied into football, but Coach Banks gave us a book to read. It's called uh, Chop Wood, Carry Water. Um, 
And we read that this summer as a safety room. And it's just a book that focuses on, you know, the process of attaining, you know, I, I would say greatness. Um, and it tells it through a story of this, you know, young apprentice who wants to become, you know, a samurai archer. And it, it kind of ex like explores his journey and, you know, his ups and downs and his struggle through that process. Um, so just being able to read that uh, this summer was kind of cool and, you know, helped me out with my process of, you know, just, you know, training this summer. But, yeah, definitely reading helps me helps me out a ton. Tell me about high school football. So you played at uh, St. Christopher's High School in general, but what was the high school football experience life for you like for you? And I know it was a little bit different of a journey with your injury, your senior yeah. season, but take me back from the time you arrived at high school till that senior year. All right, so going from the beginning, it was – it was like pretty cool because going like so it pretty much starts in eighth grade. Um, so in eighth grade, we had just started this new thing where eighth graders could play up on JV, which was allowed since we were a private school. Um, so I was like the first kid in my school to play up on JV. So I started at quarterback as an eighth grader on JV. GT, the quarterback. The quarterback. I know. I, I told Coach Ronnie a lot. I need some snaps <laughs> back there at quarterback, but I don't think he takes me seriously. But, yeah, so kind of playing up on JV as an eighth grader kind of, you know, set the table for me as, you know, I was expected to, you know, play varsity as a freshman. Um, and so, you know, camp goes – camp rolls around, and the only position that was really open – for a spot on varsity that I could, you know, step into and start right away was cornerback. And, you know, I had played a little bit of safety, obviously, um, but it wasn't like a position I was, like, serious about. But, you know, me wanting to compete and, you know, play on varsity, I was like, all right, if this position is open, I'm obviously going to play it. So I ended up, you know, throughout camp, I played really well and earned, you know, that starting spot at corner. And it was my first – varsity like high school football game ever like first start uh, at this school called like Trinity Episcopal um like one of our I wouldn't say rivals but they didn't like us and we didn't like them <laughs> um so you know everyone was coming up to me like before the game pregame like oh, are you ready are you nervous which I was like a freshman being on varsity I was like oh god like I don't know how this is gonna go it can either go really well or really bad but um that game I ended up having two defensive touchdowns. I, I took back two fumble recoveries for touchdowns in the same game. So uh, that was, like, when it kind of clicked in my mind. I was like, okay, like, I could maybe, like, do something with this football thing. And it was on the evening news that night. I had it recorded on my TV forever. <laughs> like, I used to go back and just, like, replay that clip over, like, the clips over and over again. Um, and it was really cool. Just, you know, my dad was at the game. Obviously, I mentioned him earlier. But him being able to see that. And, you know, after that, after my freshman season, we uh, went to the state championship game but lost. But after that is when I kind of started to take football really seriously and um, started to do, you know, extra training in the off offseason, uh, you know, position specific. Like I did a lot of DB work, just, you know, get smooth in my backpedal, making sure my hips were fluid, you know, all that stuff. And my sophomore year um, is when I started to get, like, interest from – you know, colleges, which was early in the recruiting process. And especially at my school, a lot of guys, you know, went to small schools, you know, in Virginia, but not a lot of guys went and played like D1 football from my school. 
so I started to get interest, you know, my sophomore year. And my first offer actually came, like, the, the week of our last game, like, our huge rivalry game. Like, a coach um, came in, like, sat down. It was funny. Like, he sat uh, sat down in my coach's office, my high school coach's office, and he was like, you know, we're really, really interested in you. And he, like, I, I was shaking his hand as I was walking out, and he, like, gave me a wink. And <laughs> I, like, I like I was like playing it back in my mind. I was like, "Did this coach just wink at me as I was like walking out of the office?" And I was like, "I don't know what the heck that meant." But um, turns out, I walk out to practice like that afternoon, and my head coach pulls me aside, and he was like, "Coach so and so really really liked your film, and uh, they decided to offer you a scholarship." And I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like. And he let me call my dad, so I, you know, I stepped aside, called my dad, and let him know um, I had gotten, you know, my first offer for football, which was huge. And um, you know, I talked about how my parents, you know, sacrificed a lot for me. And um, one thing, you know, I, I told him like my mom was super caring, um, and she always did a lot. And one thing I, I told my mom is that I would make sure she didn't have to pay for my college. Um, cause I know, you know, nowadays with, you know, student loans and, you know, how expensive college is, I know that's something that was definitely weighing heavy on her mind. And so that was always a goal for me. And after my freshman year, I knew I could do something with football. So I always told my mom, like, yeah, mom, like, don't worry. Like, you're not gonna have to pay for college. This and that. She was like, I know, but, but like, I'm just being like safe. And then I, I got my first offer. So that was pretty cool for me and on that I'd be able to know, go to college and, you know, get a degree for free. And, you know, my parents, you know, wouldn't have that weight on their shoulders. That was pretty cool for me. What was that phone call like when you ha- when you were on the field? The coach tells you that you uh, officially have your first offer, and I'm sure the emotions run through you, but then that phone call to your parents. Um, it was really cool. Um, my dad was super excited because um, he, he knew that was something I was, you know, passionate about. So I, I kind of just remember, you know, hearing him, you know, celebrating over the phone a little bit. Um, then it was funny, like he got so happy, he like realized it and he, he kind of like had to reel it back in and he was like, all right, all right, we'll focus, like go, like go have a good practice, blah, blah, blah. Like make sure you're ready for your game. But, uh, it was, it was a lot of, it was really cool. Just, it was a lot of joy and happiness. Um, cause there was a lot of hard work and, you know, sacrifice on all parts, really, you know, my parents, myself and, um, it just all came together into into that moment, which was really cool to experience. Like I'm, I, re- I remember that day like it was yesterday. I could literally go play that day back through my mind, um, and you know, give you all the details. But that's that's a long story. But <laughs> it was it was cool. It was really cool. So then you receive your first offer. You call your parents. You tell them that you have the first offer on the table. Dad tells you to go back to practice. You eventually go home that night. I'm sure you guys had a little mini celebration. But then from that point forward, your recruiting process picks up. What was that like? Yeah, so that was like, that was kind of like a really cool eye-opening experience. Um, my recruiting process like, took off. Um, from that point my, in my sophomore year to my like the – end of my junior year I picked up around like 30 offers oh um yeah so I was you know going on you know really cool visits and you know you know seeing colleges and seeing places that you know I otherwise probably wouldn't have gotten to see um 
and it was it was cool. Like I was getting you know put in you know newspaper articles and the Richmond Times Dispatch. Um, and my mom was clipping articles, you know, hanging them up on the fridge, and all that stuff. Um, I got invited to the Under Armour All American game, Army All American game, and ended up choosing the Under Armour one. But you know, I, I never thought, you know, as a freshman that I would be an All American going into my you know senior year. Um, and it was just, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. You know, I'm sure kids will tell you nowadays, like being able to go on official visits or, you know, visits, uh, spend the night at schools and, you know, experience that and, and see games and stuff. It's, it's a lot of fun, especially for, you know, a 17 year old kid. Um, I, up to before my recruiting process like took off, I had never seen like a college football game. And, you know, here I am going in the stadiums with, you know, 100,000 people in them, you know, being able just to go to a game for free and, and get the recruitment treatment and, you know, free food and, and all this stuff. So it was, a, it was a lot of fun. Then you decide to commit to Michigan and ultimately down the road you decommit. From that point forward, what was your process like? Um, so once I decommitted, uh, obviously, like my recruitment opened back up. But I had already kind of had, you know, a list of schools that I had been to and I had interest in. So it the recruiting process after that wasn't as crazy. But, like, the funniest part about it was, like, Penn State wasn't really on my radar. Um, when I had narrowed down my list the first time, you know, Penn State wasn't in my top five. Um, but, you know, Coach Franklin and Coach Pry actually called me. I remember I was, like, I was, like, in between classes at school, like, on, like, a break and – I pick up the phone, it's Coach Pry, and he was like, hey, Garrett, like, because I met them down at Vanderbilt when they were down there, and he was like, hey, we're we're not at Vanderbilt anymore, but we're up at Penn State, um, and obviously we, we loved you, you know, during our recruiting process down at Vanderbilt, and we think you'd be a great fit up here at Penn State, uh, so we just want you to just come up for one visit and just, you know, see how you like it. Um, that's all we're asking. I was like, sure, why not? Because, you know, I, my parents, my mom, first of all, loved Coach Franklin, like, when we were down at Vanderbilt. So the second I told her, she was like, yeah, we're going. Um, so, yeah, I just came up here. Um, I think we played, like, Michigan State or something. And that was another, like, coming up to Beaver Stadium, like, I was like, holy, like, this place is huge. And, you know, obviously the environment, you know, in Beaver was, you know, crazy. But I think I fell in love more with, like, the campus and, like, the people here before I fell in love with like, you know, the football side of things. Um, I remember just, you know, like meeting guys on, on the recruiting trip uh, that I like had such a good time with. And, you know, I met, I remember that night, um, I think like Grant was my host, Grant Haley was my host. And then I like we we like went up to like the seventh floor of Beaver, which is like they're they're in East now, but before East it was like in Beaver Hall, like seventh floor is where they used to keep, like put all the football players. So we went up to like the seventh floor of Beaver. I met Amani there. Um, I met Cabenda for the first time. Um, Mark Allen was there. Marcus, like so, I met all those guys and got to spend a night with them and just kind of like see what it would be like if I were to join the team. And I was like, these guys are like so much fun and like so cool. And I could, it was so easy for myself, like for me to like picture myself, like 
becoming a part of like a team like that. So that's like I fell in love. Like I knew by the end of that night, I was like, I'm coming here again. I woke up in the morning, you know, told my parents, and you know they were on board. Um, we went into Coach Franklin's office. Um, my sister was actually there too. This is a cool story. Like so, I told I told Franklin, and Pryor was in there. Coach Smith was in there. I was like, yeah, I'm coming here. And my sister actually got, like, emotional. Like, she started crying and everything. And she was just, like, I think she was just, like, so happy for me. Uh, so proud of me. Like, my sister started crying, and then which made my mom cry. So it was, like, it was it was a bunch of tears, but it was, it was happy tears. So it was really cool. It was fun. What was that day like leaving Coach Franklin's office knowing that you had just found a new home for the foreseeable future? Uh, best feeling in the world. Um, you know, my recruitment pro- process had, like, finally come to an end. Um, it was tough, especially with my knee injury. Um, you know, it was it was really nice to know that, you know, Franklin and their staff, you know, had had the faith in me, you know, to still be the football player I was before I got hurt. Um, you know, I found a great school like Penn State, a great university, Um I knew I was going to be able to come here and, and, you know, grow as, like, a young man. I, I really felt confident in, in, like, who I was going to be around and the coaching staff and, and my teammates. And just knowing I had found a place I, I could call, like, a second home, um, it, it made me feel really good. What was it with Coach Franklin and Coach Pry that allowed you to believe that they were 100% confident in you, knowing that you're coming off an injury and you don't have that senior year tape like most people do in the country, but what belief did they instill within your head that was allowed you to commit to here? Well, I think the first thing was um, they made it, you know, very clear that they weren't worried about my injury. Like that, that was, that was probably like in terms of talking points throughout my recruitment with like Penn state, that was probably like, one of the least things that we talked about was, which was very reassuring for me because it wasn't something that it was, like, it wasn't in the back of their mind. So it wasn't in my mind either that they were worried about me and, or my, or my injury. Um, and then just the confidence they gave me to, you know, come in here. They're like, we, you know, we think you're going to be able to come in here and, you know, play and contribute. Um, obviously, you know, when that happens, um, you know, for you, everyone's, you know, journey is different, but they, they, they told me at some point that they thought they could see me, you know, contributing, um, you know, to this team. And, you know, I believe that too. So that was huge for me. We only have a few minutes left with GT before he's got to head to a team meeting for preparation of a Buffalo. But, uh, what are you going to miss most about this place when this season's done? I know you got a long ways to go yet, but we'll, we probably won't be able to hear from you too much, but what are you going to miss most about Penn state when you do leave here? Um, I think the thing I'm going to miss the most is like my teammates and this kind of like the atmosphere we have, you know, within Lash and, you know, after games in the locker room, you know, like dancing around, you know, having fun, um, you know, all the friendships I've, you know, made here, um, you know, it's special, it's a special place, you know, I know that sounds cliche and I'm sure people hear that all the time, but, you know, the relationships we have in the locker room um, and the relationships I have with, you know, the coaching staff here, um, is, you know, it's something I'm never going to forget. Um, and it's kind of like looking back at my like, five years here, uh, um, it's hard to pick out, 
you know, a, you know, a favorite memory just because there's so many of them. So I'm definitely going to miss, you know, being able to, like, just to interact with my teammates, you know, the way that we do um, and, you know, how much fun we have. I, I think we're a really, you know, fun group. And um, so I'm definitely going to miss that. GT, appreciate you stopping by, sharing a little bit about your story, and uh, good luck the rest of the season, all right? All right, thank you. We'll see you next time on the Unrivaled Podcast. Yo, what's up? Unrivaled, the official podcast of Penn State football. <laughs>